2005, two brothers hit the road to chase demons and fight monsters. After 15 years, they made television history and built a community of dedicated and lasting fans. I'm Rob Benedict. I played God, a.k.a. Chuck Shirley. And I'm Richard Spate Jr., and I played the Archangel Gabriel, a.k.a. the Trickster, a.k.a. Loki. And in later years, I stepped behind the camera to direct a bunch of episodes. And though we've been involved with the series for years and multiple seasons, we never sat down and watched the entire show. Until now. Rob and I are going episode by episode, watching each and every one. And we're diving in with the folks who made the show to bring you an insider's point of view and some great behind-the-scenes stories from the writers, producers, crew, and actors. And along the road, we're becoming fans. We've heard you saying it for years, and we finally get what all the excitement is about. We'll definitely be hitting on some spoilers, so you better be watching with us or look out. This show holds up after all this time and deserves to be watched and rewatched. Thank you for joining our journey and listening to Supernatural Then and Now. Hey, everybody, this is Rob Benedict. And I, well, let's just say this week, I'm going by the name Richard Spade Jr. And we're talking about Supernatural Season 4, Episode 2, Are You There, God? It's me, Dean Winchester. It, I think I should have introduced this title. Yeah. Because you played God, right. and I could say, Are You There, God? It's me, Dean Winchester. And you could say, No, you're not Dean Winchester. You know what I mean? I could say, I'll be there in about 10 episodes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, a lot of mentions of me in this episode. A lot of people are talking about this is really kind of my first episode. That's what everyone's saying. Except for the people cutting the checks. Except no one's ever said that. Yeah. Hey, the last episode with Misha was so much fun. Really great having Misha on. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him more about the show, about more, more about Castiel. You are? Man, I'm going to skip that one. I don't need to hear that mofo ramble on more about his experience on the show. I think we kind of wrapped that one up. One of us is following the script. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, by s- <laughs> you, you guys guess. Uh, one of us is following the script and one of us is being an asshole. You guys guess. But I, let's see, my point, my point is you can't write that stuff. Like, I love you with these, these softballs and you just knock them out of the park. Kids, I hope you're taking notes at home because this is how it's done. Benedict 101. <laughs> hey, hey, good news. Uh, we've got merch. Finally, after all this time, it only took us four seasons, but we finally have the merch. It's up on the website. So go to spnthenandnow.com and check out the merch. We didn't want to rush it. You know, we figured let it marinate yeah. for about four seasons. And <laughs> exactly. Then, let people let people start making their own. You know what I mean? <laughs> then give up. Uh, and sell out. And then we move in. Right. All right, let's get into this episode uh, and what happened in it. Robbie, why don't you do that off the uh, cuff summary you like to do? All right, we're at Bobby's place. Well, no, we're not, buddy. You're at your home and I'm at my home. Don't lie to the people. Now, go ahead. We're at Bobby's place. Sam and Dean try to reconcile the arrival of Castiel and why angels and God would have an interest in Dean. Yeah. Sam heads out to get Dean some pie. While out, Ruby shows up. She tells Sam she's nervous about angels and he should be too. Sam returns without the pie. Bobby wants to check in with his friend. Keep it a circle, Sam. Keep it a circle. (laughs) Always round off when you're going to go to the right. Don't just turn. (laughs) Uh, So Bobby wants to check in with his friend and fellow hunter, Olivia. He's been calling her, looking for information about angels. Well, the boys and Bobby arrive at Olivia's place and find her torn apart. They check in on other local hunters in the area, and they've been torn apart, too. They're tearing apart hunters. I mean, like breaking up relationships? No, no, like uh, severing their bodies. Yeah, yeah. 
Sergeant, sorry you asked? <laughs> yeah. On the way back to Bobby's, the group stops at a gas station. While in the bathroom, Sam is confronted by the ghost of Agent Henriksen. Remember him? Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Charles Malik Whitfield. Yeah. Well, the spirit blames the brothers for his death at the hands of Lilith. Dean blasts the ghost away with rock salt. They return to Bobby's home where Bobby is captured by the spirits of two young twins who say he let a monster kill them. Yeah. He gets locked in a vehicle in the salvage yard, and the brothers split up to search for him. Suddenly, Dean is confronted by the ghost of Meg Masters. Yeah. She also blames the brothers for her death. Nikki she, Acox, everybody. Of course, and, uh, and you remember she was the victim of a possession, and her younger sister was so distraught after Meg died that she took her own life. This is new information. We just found that out. Right. Dean shoots a chandelier down, vanquishing the vengeful ghost. Try vanquishing the vengeful ghost three times fast. <laughs> Sam has rescued Bobby, and the three of them escape to Bobby's ghost-proof panic room. They share that the returning spirit all have the same brand on their hand. Do you have Bob one of those near your uh, fancy It's court? just under the moat. There's a secret doorway in case you under the moat, and there's a panic room down your, there. Your bocce ball court? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby realizes that these spirits are witnesses whose return is the sign of a coming apocalypse. There is a spell that can send them back, but it needs to be done with an open fire. They head to Bobby's library with a fireplace. <laughs> they don't carry a fireplace to Bobby's library. <laughs> There's a fireplace already in Bobby's library. <laughs> they head to Bobby's library armed with a fireplace. Uh, there they encounter the ghost of Ronald Resnick. Our uh, pr president of the United States, two-term president, beat uh, Jimmy Carter and Walter Mondale solidly. I don't think so. Not that Ronald Resnick. Oh. As they gather the ingredients for the spell, the ghosts of Meg and Agent Henriksen appear and confront them again. Sam and Dean make it back to the library just in time to rescue Bobby, who completes the spell and returns the spirits to rest. That night, Castiel comes to Dean in a dream and explains that the appearance of the witnesses is because Lilith broke one of the 66 seals, which, when all are broken, will release Lucifer. The next morning, Sam and Dean have a conversation about believing in the devil. And that's the end of the episode. All Rich. right. Well, let's uh, let's get into R R Rob and Rich review. Yeah. So uh, lots going on here. I was really excited to see some of the old guest stars come back. That's always me fun too. To All see. of them uh, were really good on their original episodes. Yeah, and it's fun to have them back. Hey, will you, because I'm old and I forget things quickly, were, the twins, we've seen those twins before, right? The twins, I didn't remember. Okay. Right, so yeah. But we've seen Agent Henriksen, we've seen Meg, Meg Masters, and we've seen Ron. Yeah, old Ron, old Ronnie Resnick. They're all in really good episodes too, by the way. I mean, they're all alumni of right. and, really and, good and shows. What I appreciate is that when they came back as ghosts, they had completely, or Meg especially, had a completely different haircut. But she she answered that in her. She did. She did. Before they gave me a haircut and had me dressed like a slut. Yeah, she did say that, didn't she? No, that's just me talking now. Oh, um, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. She also said something similar. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's fun to see the guest stars come back, and uh, I I really love. I'm compelled by the Castiel stuff. I, I just uh, I think it's oh. a compelling character, and I can't yeah. wait to see how that all plays out. And I love that at the beginning he's still a little bit threatening. You know, he says to Dean like, "I can send you back to hell." Oh yeah, that, he's got you know. a real power thing going with Dean. Yeah, but uh, I've talked a lot, Richard. What are your thoughts about the episode, Robbie? This is one of those times where I look to you and I say, "Robbie, steer me." No, I'm kidding. Uh, I think it was really good. I thought bringing back 
the characters we've seen before who've gotten killed. So the idea of that Dean and Sam and Bobby have some responsibility for not saving the individuals who are possessed was an interesting story. True. Angle. And by the way, may I say, one of the things that caught my eye right off the top of this bad boy was that it was a the story, not the screen, not the teleplay, but the story was by Sarah Gamble and Lou Bolo. What? Yeah. I missed that. St- story by Sarah Gamble and Lou Bolo. Lou Bolo being, of course, the legendary stunt coordinator of Supernatural for his first 11 years. Um, so We'll have to ask our guest about that. We will ask our guest about that, but I thought that was pretty cool. Love to know how that came about. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's a clever idea, I thought. Yeah, clever idea. I thought the, the the issues being explored, like Dean going, why would a God want to save a guy like me, was an interesting idea to explore. Yeah. And yeah. then the revelation at the end, Castiel talking to Dean and yeah. saying, hey, man, read the Bible. Yeah. We're, you know, we're soldiers of the Lord. Yeah. Or we are whatever he said. Yeah. So he said something, something, something. I'm a soldier. And I'm yeah. Like, oh, wow. That's a whole different way of looking at angels than uh, typically you do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. I yeah. just thought the whole thing, the whole idea was cool. The re- the reveal of Bobby's bunker was cool. A lot of yeah. things sort of came out of this thing that you're going like, oh, I'm learning a ton here. And the morality issue. The morality issue was just cool. Like, oh, yeah, you've done a good job, but at what cost? You've killed individuals. And they have a good point. Hey, you're letting Ruby walk around. You're never blasting her with a gun. Why yeah. You know why is she so special? Right. You why, don't like you marry, why don't you marry her already? Yeah, get a room, you two. Get a room in a house in Austin. Where you raise the children. <laughs> Get a bunch of rooms. Um, what, so are we going to see Bobby's bunker again? I think so. Oh. I, I don't know. So. But I think, okay. I mean, look, I, I think that becomes a bit of a thing, a, a set they uh, go to a couple of times. Oh, yeah? Uh, good. I hope so, because it really looked like a set that they really spent some time building. Yeah, it was cool. I thought it was neat, the opening. Okay, the, the, I'll go one step further. I thought the, the opening was neat with that lady in peril, and then you suddenly realize very quickly that she's a hunter. That was a cool yeah. reveal, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the whole concept that there are a bunch of hunters out there that we don't even know yet. And that they're getting hunted by their, I mean, people, it's hard, it's confusing because they Mm -hmm. did good by getting rid of the demon inside of these people, but these people paid the price for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You really felt for Agent Hendrickson talking about getting, you know, watching Amy Garcia get her skin peeled off, you know, as you know, brutal. Oh, yeah, yeah. He mentions Amy Garcia. Yeah, that was uh, really horrible to hear. Well, I made notes on this one, which uh, don't, aren't, they don't amount to much. All right, well, it's time for, let's uh, get to our segment called Rob Stupid Notes. Robbie? <laughs> yeah, everyone loves it. Uh, but uh, so the first is that I didn't love Bobby making jokes uh, after the hunters died. He says they, they redecorated it red, meaning blood. I just feel like that's disrespectful for the dead. Yeah, that's not cool. Not the time to be joking. Foul on Bobby. Tweet. Yeah. Looks like he took the last train to Deadsville. The mayor of Detterton was here. Exactly. Gave him the key to this the dead city. And then I have Genevieve is hot. I have written down <laughs> Genevieve is hot. And then I have written down make list, which I think is just a note to myself that I need to make a list of things that I had to get done <laughs> before I left town. Um, and then I have... Then you probably have Genevieve's hot again. So go ahead. (laughs) And then I have, they're talking about me. And in parentheses, God. And then smiley face, flower. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have these boys, these boys take serious shots. What am I talking about? Shots like. They're taking all those shots with a shotgun, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, they're drinking. Uh, Anyway, there you go. Rob's famous stupid notes. Rob's stupid Stupid notes. notes. 
So what is your uh, your overall take on on this uh this, this is a tough one for me because it's really yeah. good. It's really solid, really unique. Yeah. But yes. I don't, everything can't be a Stapleton. I know. But I agree. I, I, I agree. And it's also sandwiched between some really classic episodes. Yeah. Everything can't be a Stapleton, man. And everything can't be a, a Logan. Yeah. Um, I think was, I'm going to uh, give this just one stutter step back from uh, Stapleton and just go Kenny Rogers. I think this is a Kenny Rogers. It's really solid, really good, very full mm. episode. It's mm. just, I mean, it's not. It's not that it's not great. It's just there are things that are uh, excel that are above and beyond, and I feel like mm-hmm. this is rock solid. I mm-hmm. saved the Stapletons to the one I think are you know next level. So I think this mm-hmm. is uh, gets a, a solid Kenny Rogers. Yeah, I was looking for other Kennys, <laughs> and I was thinking about this. Oh, you want to take Kenny Rogers? No, no, I was just looking at other Kennys that might have beards to go with um, you. Oh, we get uh, I, Kenny Kenny Powers. Does he have a beard? No, he has a mustache. I looked up Kenny Chesney. He doesn't have a beard. And I looked up Kenny G, and he doesn't have a beard. He has a hair, lots there's of hair. Kenny's, there's a country music songwriter named Kenny Beard. <laughs> Kenny Beard. And he has a beard. He looks looks like Jim Beaver, actually. Oh, and he passed away. Um, All right. Well, I mean, you know what? I'll go with, I'll go with like my beard today. It's like, it needs a trim. It's got a lot of gray showing. You know, in an ideal world, I'd have the gray covered up. I'd have the beard trimmed back. And I just got off a plane late last night, so I need I need a I need I need to trim. So it's not like the best beard, but it's a solid beard. You look at it on the street and you go, that guy's got a beard. It's all you got today. So ladies and gentlemen, this episode gets a Benedict and a Kenny Rogers. A Bobby Benedict and a Kenny Rogers. That's right. Well, we're very excited about our guests, a recurring guest, and uh, he's on fire, right? He, he's directing a lot in this season, uh, at least so far in the first several that I've watched, uh, and we love him very much. Actually known as Uncle Phil. TV dad. Phil Sagrisha. All right, Phil Sagrisha. Hi, Phil. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. Uh, absolutely. Every time I see that you're the guest, I'm like, phew, because, you know, it's you're easy to talk to. You know a lot. You remember a lot. You're a great interview. And you were there. You were there. You've been, you were there in the trenches. Boots on the ground, as we say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me get into the questions that were re- prearranged for us to ask you. Um, so in the cold open, when Olivia gets killed, was the Three Stooges intended to be a reference to anything? She's watching the Three Stooges. Well, she's asleep. Yeah. It's actually more the book. If you notice the book, that was more of a yes. uh, thing that I put in there. The Three Stooges is probably an homage to my wife, Martha, because she's a Three Stooges fan. But I think because they were sleeping, it was just funny to see the woman on the couch. And then you didn't know whatever happened with them. Yeah. You just, it was just a moment. Yeah, I know. And probably, probably, uh, it, it probably was cheap enough. Oh, I was, was going to ask. A, a follow up question was, Something like the Three Stooges, is that expensive to put on the show? Well, it, it wasn't expensive if we put it on. Yeah, I always wondered if there's something like the it's, age of that show, if it's you know in a different sort of category. Probably. I mean, it was just one of those things that it was kind of like we were still in that mode of, um, you know, four by three TV sets and things like that. So it was like the playback was kind of like this was on late at night. You right. know, it would be after midnight. Yeah. You know. The Three Stooges Hour, yeah, whatever. Totally, but I just thought that was that was I don't know. It's funny, yeah, to me, yeah. Um, well, it reminds me of those. You know that that would happen, and then they'd play the national anthem and yeah, go off the air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it goes to a test pattern. Yeah, crazy. Not, not anymore. Not, Pe- you talk to people about any of that, and they're like, look at you, like, what planet? Oh, it definitely, yeah. it definitely is a, a sort of an age marker. 
I showed mm-hmm. my kids Poltergeist the other night, and they not the other night, but a few months ago, and they didn't uh, get that. You know, at the end of, I mean, I mean, in Poltergeist, the whole conceit is when it goes to the white noise on the TV, it plays the national right. anthem, goes to the white noise, and then the ghosts come through the white noise. Right? They didn't get that yeah. about TV going off the air. They didn't get that. Um, now, was this your first time working with Nikki Acox, or was she, was she in other episodes that you? I think this was the first time Nikki and I worked together. Um... This one was kind of like, um, in some ways, it's similar to Jus and Bello in that it was a very contained episode because it was about, you know, we're mostly in Bobby's, although we did get to reveal Bobby's man that cave. bunker, yeah. <laughs> Which got to be used quite a bit after Oh, that. did it? I was wondering. Oh, yeah, it comes up a lot. And it's pretty cool because it's like, you know, a new, it's always nice to have like a, con- like there's a new surprise in a set. You yeah. Know, oh, by the way, down in the basement through a, a, you know, an iron door that looks like an old, you know, I don't know. Safe or something. Safe or, or some sort of, or would that be not a, a like World a, War II uh, bunker or something? Yeah, I don't know. It was like a weird, the door of it looked like something that would be like a furnace, you oh, know, right. like some right, sort right. of metal, yeah. metal furnace right. thing. But, you know, when, then going in and being circular and you know, everything about it was pretty fun. Um, there was more to it, I think. And we we see it in upcoming episodes. So so they built that starting for this episode, but they knew they'd reuse it? I think so. I think we, you know, at the beginning of the year, you kind of look around and you go, okay, what can we make? What can we adapt so it's another place to go if needed? You know, Bobby's was kind of a multi-tiered, multi-leveled you know, place. And then we had the exterior location to play with. So there was a lot of uh, ability to, and the, the actual car yard, the wreck uh, outside was just around the corner from the studio. So it wasn't that far of, uh, you know, we could base it at our home camp oh. and just truck over there. So the stuff with Sam and Bobby in the car with the, t- with the twins or the sisters, yeah, uh, you know, that all, you know, happened pretty it's always nice to be close because it was fun to shoot over there. Is that a real, that was a real junkyard? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, we added a few things here and there and then there was probably, we probably added Jeff, our car guy usually put in some, you know, classic uh, old clunkers of American iron and steel. Then, you know, there was probably a lot more, uh, you know, I don't, it seemed like there was other cars in there that weren't, you know, American made. So there's European models or, or, you know, Japanese cars or Korean cars or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, we had to have the American the rust belt kind of stuff in there. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, you, you, we've talked about it before, but like the, this show is always sort of looking for a place that can be sort of a home base. And yeah, that's what this is kind of established. What right? we thought the uh, bar was going to be there for a minute. Right. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think it became, that's a Kripke question more than anything, is writing-wise, it, it felt like Bobby's, you could use it as a house because the boys can sleep there and Bobby's, uh, you know, got all the equipment and stuff like that. Not that Ellen and Joe didn't. It just was more, once we built the bar, it was kind of like, all right, how much more do you build around the backside? Because when you're at the exterior, it doesn't look like it's that big of a... right place and so the more you add and i think just the storylines weren't coming into that i think that was originally 
a plan was to come back there five or six times, maybe more. I don't know. Um, but I think with Bobby's, it was an easier thing because it was, you know, you didn't have to fill it up with, uh, you know, other hunters as, you know, you couldn't have the bar always empty. Right. You know? Right. 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 So you have to have it like it's a real, right, so now right. you're kind of making it into something that maybe you don't need where, you know, in Bobby's you, you have it all cause it's just Bobby and the guys. Yeah. So we talked about Nikki Acox and then also, you know, we've got a lot of recurring dead people in this episode, yeah. uh, agent Henriksen. Yep. Charles. Yeah. And so you directed every episode featuring Henriksen is what, I, what yeah. my, my notes tell me. Was that fun, fully sort of developing his arc and return over four episodes? Oh, yeah. It was, you know, after you bring somebody back in the second time, it's kind of nice because there's a history with the character and there's a history with the show and the and the crew. And so things kind of get going, you know, it seems more easily through the, you know, the shooting process because, you know, Charles knows Hendrickson and who he is. And now he's, you know, in this state of, a disarray as a ghost that you know is pissed off it's gonna kill our boys same with ronald with laser eyes yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we had a few more and then i think budget wise we just whittled it down oh to yeah three okay three well and then the the, the twins the, the young twins and then also the two people at the beginning right uh in the teaser who um, else do you remember who else you guys were bantering uh batting around bringing I mean, anybody that died, you know, anybody that died, we were kind of like we could have brought in, you know, but I think there, you know, there's definitely some some folks that we had in from season one on. It was kind of like, are they available? Mm -hmm. How much is it going to be? And and then it became kind of like, all right, how many of these do we want to remember? Nikki had the, you know, the weight of it because. You know, it it was kind of cool in that she was this demon, and then it wasn't. She wasn't. She was a young lady, and that's who was yeah. talking to Dean. Most I thought you tragic. guys did a great job with that. The ones you picked were ones that we all connected with as an audience. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think too is like I I love Chris Gauthier with Ronald. I he was so cool to work with because I did that Night Shifter episode yeah. too. Yeah. You know, he's just like one of those guys that, like Charles, like a lot of, our, you know, our guest cast has been pretty spectacular. Yeah. And it's one of those things where there's a shorthand kind of, especially since they've been on the show. And, you know, with, with each of them, I wanted to play it a little different because Ronald wasn't the happy-go-lucky, laser-eyes, you know, conspiracy theorist guy. He was a dead guy that was pissed off because he died right. at the hands of you know, our two guys. So he had to play it slightly different, still with that same, you know, character, but in a different mood. Same with Charles. He had to do the same thing. And so did Nikki, which was wonderful because it kind of gives you another side to each one. So this is, I guess, going to the lore. Shouldn't the Iron Chandelier trap the ghost of Meg Masters and not vanquish her? No, because it's like uh, the fireplace poker made of metal it as it swings through it disseminates it, and then they know, can reassemble somewhere it. else is the idea yeah 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 okay um so kim worked with misha in the previous episode to help establish castiel even doing some reshoots <laughs> do kim and eric and bob have conversations about how to portray angels and their presence in this universe do you like do, sorry do you and kim and eric and bob uh i'm sure i was in a bunch of conversations i can't uh for the life of me you know my big I think the 
thing that Eric wanted to portray with these is that angels are kind of dicks. They they think of humans as some form of, you know, animal, some sort of marsupial right. or something, you know, right. that it's beneath uh, them because they're chosen by God. They have this power. I know on the last podcast, you were talking about the scene where Jensen is in the convenience store gas station and all the windows blow out and that you know we talked a lot about how do angels communicate well they're extremely bright light that would would burn your eyes out so they have to take a vessel like a demon does and so the vessel that castiel has is a human what we find out later uh is a named guy named jimmy right who has to be you know taken as as the vessel for this angel but when angels talk and when you see them in their pure form, they would burn your eyes out and they would uh, blast all the glass. Right. So uh, we didn't realize what was going on at the beginning. But I think there was a lot of um, not of this world uh, being off. Eric's big thing, I think, was he didn't want him to be. He was worried about bringing him in to begin with. I remember him asking me before season four, he says, what do you think of angels? I'm like, I mean, like, uh, what was it? Touched by Touched an by angel. An angel or yeah. any of those. I'm like, I, I, you're not going down that. He goes, no, I want to make it the angels are dicks. They don't really care about humans. They don't care for them. And so that made it more, you know, because if you've got demons and you've got evil, then you probably should have good. And But the good is tempered by this, you know, not a hatred, just a diminished quality of what angels think humans are you know they they just you're not chosen by god i'm chosen by right. god you know to be this thing right so they're on a higher level than we make sure yeah. a really interesting character that is not what we usually yeah. see or think of for sure yeah well and i think too is that we we threaded this line of faith as opposed to religion right you know faith in faith in god faith in yourself uh whereas it didn't pull into any one religion it just became this bigger picture of is there somebody out there or something out there that is watching over us right so yeah and i think once we started down that it just opened up a lot of doors for stories because you can always have the bad guy you can always have crowley you can always have the de the, the devil and we did we ended up having lucifer which lucifer is a fallen angel so it plays right into our world yep. just hold that thought we're coming right back Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. It's interesting because you have Dean in this episode sort of mirroring what the audience might be thinking or like everything you're saying, Dean is acting out. You know what I mean? The sort of the, mm -hmm. de the debate of why me? Is there a God? If so, why is he not intervening? Why is why? he intervening? Why is the angel here? What's the angel's role here? It's all very interesting, yeah. very, very uh, elevated, you know what I mean, in terms of subject matter. Yeah, I mean, and I think what's cool about the show is our endings tend to be, you know, Dean's not telling Sam everything at the no. very end because he has this sleep conversation with Castiel and wakes up and it's the next day. And then Sam's leading on to something and Dean doesn't give him the, oh, by the way, I had this dream sequence with uh, the good looking guy in the trench coat, um, right. you know, um, 
So it's it was those are always fun to me because then it, it the audience just going, oh my God, he didn't tell him. You know, right. and there's there's a secret. Right. Yeah. Right, you know? right, right. And at this point, Sam's got a secret too, because Yeah. Yeah, and he's been dealing with uh, Ruby. Ruby. Yeah, I mean, Miss the Mrs. Ruby, exactly. Yes. Soon to be. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Rich and I keep saying, "Get a room." <laughs> see it on camera. The chemistry. It was kind of interesting to be around them because I had worked with Genevieve on another show, and I cut the pilot, and I told Kripke we should bring her in when she's done. I think the show she was on Wildfire, Wildfire right? Went yeah. on. Yeah, it went on for five years on ABC Family or something. Huh. Anyway, it was kind of like bring her in, and then uh, all of a sudden it was like, "Oh, sparks are flying!" Wow. Hello, that's funny. Did they start so, dating while she was on the show? Uh, you'd have to talk to them. Yeah. I don't. I'm. I wasn't. I mean, my hearing aid didn't work <laughs> through the wall. That <laughs> I'll get to the bottom. No, of I it. don't know. Uh, you'd have to ask. You'd have to ask them sure. when it all started. Yeah, I right. think it was. It seemed fairly quick. Yeah. Huh. Um. Hey, were the creepy twins a shining reference? Uh, again, that might be a Sarah question. Mm. Uh, all I know is that we we wanted them, you know, they were really good. They were good. Uh, and really fun. And, you know, just having them just stand there. I mean, that's part of the, the fun and creepiness of the whole episode is that at any moment something can appear, yeah. you know, and and. You know, they they pour the salt just like the woman at the beginning did the salt, but that doesn't work because there's a ghost on the other side, you know. And then uh, the windows fly open and blow the you salt know away. the place, yeah. all the salt and all the you know everything Bobby's trying to get done. Um, you know, it, 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 those are fun to do because it's like you know it's not going to work. Yeah, it was a nice sort yeah. of uh, uh, I don't know untouchable slash NFL moment of him diving for the the bowl at the end, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. The slow. Yes. I think I shot that in slow-mo and then we sped it up just so we could have it. And it was kind of one of those things where he's going to dive and catch this and not lose it. And then there's a Bo Derek poster in the bunker. <laughs> is that in the script or is that something Jerry came up with? You remember? Uh, I don't know. I pre I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. I mean, I, I think those moments are fun because they're a Dean centric kind of thing. Yes. You know, it's like, you can always, you can always rely on Jensen for a, a little, Oh, <laughs> maybe, oh. maybe we just stumbled across Lou Bolo's contribution to the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might've been. It might've been. <laughs> hey, Sarah, I got an idea. I, I don't know what the story is. I don't know what the plot is, but they wind up in a bunker with a Bo Derek poster. <laughs> I think I, it's like Lou's pitch was steel room, yeah. wood, or, you know, iron room covered in salt, Bo Derek poster. And they're like, oh, Guns and they're like, oh that's a great, great idea for an episode. He's like, no, no, no. I meant for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That's my, my personal space. space. Story by Lou Bolo. You know, and speaking of threat, yeah, it's that, also interesting to see that the people trying to you know, the witnesses, aside from just being physically, uh, you know, threatening, they don't like just snap their neck. They go for like the slow, I'm going to squeeze your heart till it pops kind of cause a lot of pain because Lilith caused me a lot of pain type death of some sort. Is that is that built into the sauce of the script? Like it's a revenge moment for those for them? Sure. I think also, you know, if it's too fast, the guys are dead. One. End of show. Uh, so it's gotta be, yeah. Yeah. End of show. Right. Well, it's a hey, it's great. Let's have a rap party. So I think it was just one of those things where you knew once that like Henriksen went into J Dean's chest that it was like, Oh, shit. you know, this is, this is way worse than, 
I mean, the the stuff with Sam in the bathroom was the, you know, the first thing where he kind of tosses him around and then, you know, out of nowhere, boom, he's vaporized by salt. Right. You know, the, the, the amount of anger that these ghosts have and they're being basically pushed into this by an outside entity, you know, to get revenge. And it, it was just anytime you're into horror motif or the anxious moments, you want to slow them down yeah. because if you speed through them, then you're kind of done. And it works you know, for the story as well. Just the idea, especially yeah, you, it made more sense to me when he, Hendrickson talks about the slow torture that you go, Oh, mm-hmm. well, this is yeah. payback is a bitch kind yeah. of vibe. Right. Yeah. And also you wanted it to feel like, you know, the, like Sam's gun or, Dean's gun coming out of nowhere. You have to, it has to be a surprise moment. Also, it's a scary moment because it's a loud noise. So you're hoping that it's a dual thing where it takes away the threat to whoever's, you know, getting attacked, but also it's a surprise thing. So you're like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. You know, so hopefully that works on both. Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely does. Well, it's an interesting point in the season, you know, we're getting started and Dean's struggling with the issues of faith and believing in God and Lucifer and plus an existential crisis about his role and everything. And for the last three seasons, that's been kind of where Sam has been coming from. So it's interesting that to see Dean sort of exploring this existential in issues of faith. It's an interesting, it just, it makes his- Right, because he's not usually our intellectual guy, you know? Right. No, I mean, you know, and he's got this big, you know, welt- this, yeah. you know, on his shoulder that it's um, it's a constant reminder of that he was dead and gone. And yeah. somebody somewhere decided he was worth, you know, a second chance. Mm-hmm. So that weighs on him. And, you know, Jensen can play all that. Yeah. And I think it's it's nice to shift it around because then it, you know, what is it? Every two or three years, you got to shift the story. You got to kill somebody off. Yeah. You know, because it it becomes the same show, and you're two or three, you you got to be careful. Yes. You know, this was the big swing, bringing in an angel, and then dealing with that. You know, now you've got angels right. and demons, which is it's out there. Yeah. There's a book. There's a movie, <laughs> and it really works. You know, it really works. It it elevates the show to another level. That's I mean, pe- a lot of people talk about that. Like when Castiel comes in, it, it the show kind of shifted. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to watch because, uh, you know, it's not just two two guys traveling around fighting monsters now. It's like the stakes have gotten bigger. Their roles have gotten more complicated. Yeah. Very interesting. Very cool journey. Well, and, also, and, and, and you have this secret thing that, uh, you know, Sam's doing with Ruby, yeah. which is like, you know, that's not going to end no. well. And, you know. Yeah. So it pushes the season into a new and weird place. Yeah. It's great. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming on once again and walking us through the episode. Uh, you're busy because you 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 directed another one in a few episodes. I see your name. I did four. I did four this year. I think I did four for quite a few years after this year because we lost Kim. Yeah. So uh, Bob and myself were kind of the on call right. directors. Now there's some funny ones this year. The the uh, black and white one that Bob did is fantastic. Amazing, yeah. Yellow fever also. Yellow fever was super fun to do. Jensen let it all hang yeah. out. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Okay, guys. Thanks, Phil. Nice to see you. Hey there. This is Jared Padalecki, and I hope you're enjoying the episode. But we got to pull over for a second for some messages. 
Thank you for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. Well, always a pleasure to talk to Phil Segresha. Yeah, and I was going to say, Rob, for people who don't know this about Phil, he has uh, his own charity where he supports the the arts. Uh, it's called culturematters.org is his website. Culture yeah. Matters is his company that, that does these events. So if you want to follow what Phil is up to and even attend some of his uh, Sunday concerts and other events he throws in downtown Los Angeles, follow him on culturematters.org. Yeah, and he's done some great stuff. We've done a couple of things with him for the band, with the band, uh, with my band, and also for Kings of Con. Yep. Man knows his barbecue, too. Always has great barbecue at these events. Supporter of the arts. And now it's time for Mythology. The concept of the rise of the witnesses may be loosely inspired by the biblical story in Book of Revelation, chapter 11, called The Two Witnesses. In it, God sent the witnesses to earth, gave them their powers, and allowed them to remain on earth to witness the apocalypse. Oh, nice. Yeah. Leaders of the UFO religious cult, Heaven's Gate, initially claimed to be the two witnesses in the 1970s. So wait a minute. So so the witnesses are what those people will come back and they blame... Sam and Dean for killing them? They're the witnesses? Yeah. Interesting. They're there to witness the apocalypse, but also there to mess with Sam and Dean, I guess, and Bobby. Right. I don't know. But at the end of the day, Castiel was like, that was a a test that really didn't... You did a nice job (laughs) passing that test. All right. That was a very brief mythology section. But don't worry. We're making up for it with our elongated... Yeah, we're having fun now. This The title of the episode is a reference to a 1970 Judy Bloom novel, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, a novel about an adolescent girl's spiritual awakening. Yeah, and you know that that's a, uh, uh, in the UK, has a different title. What's it called? Are You There, God? Yes, tis I, Margaret. No, no, that's not true. That's, that's a negative fact. Uh, but they just made it into a movie that I have not seen yet. Looks, I thought for sure you'd be right there, opening day. But I thought, I think it's getting pretty good reviews. Did you know that it was a Judy Bloom title? Of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. No, that 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 book was very, when we were, Judy Bloom novels were very popular. When oh, we huge. Were, when we were that age yeah, man. growing up. Yeah, and uh, they were popular because they had very uh, sort of kind of sexual undertones for, you know, teenagers. Are right? you there? God, it's me, Margaret, has sexual undertones? Lots. Yeah, man. She's like... Oh. Gr- Growing boobs, wearing a bra, having a period, like all those things that like people, you know, going through adolescence. Oh. Yeah. You didn't know this? I don't remember that part. That's the whole thing about Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom is like really like No, I mean, like, there are other Judy Bloom books where they really, you know, hone in on the, you know, the junk. But I well, didn't know it, that Are You There, God, Is Me, Margaret was one of those books. I, I thought so. I thought are it you, was. Are, if you, not, are you suggesting that Florida banned this book? Is that what you're suggesting? Man, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm getting it confused with well, like. Let's let's Google a, a synopsis. It'll, yes, it'll be great. It, the 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 recipient of national honors and book awards. The novel has been challenged for its frank discussion of sexual and religious topics. So there's a lot of sexual topics discussed in it. Uh, for the record, I won. I won. I'm right, and I won. Yeah. Well, I mean, now I I understand why you have that copy of it on your shelf behind you. Okay. So, uh, this next fun fact is that the book Olivia has fallen asleep reading is mainly P. Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages, an encyclopedia of ancient mythology, ritual, symbolism, and the arcane mysteries of the ages, written in 1928. Wow. 
Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Could you ever see the title in that shot? I don't recall, recall that. I don't recall that either. Just reading off Wikipedia here. Uh, are you there? It's me, Margaret. Uh, was uh, has been challenged about its frank talk about menstruation and the depiction of a child being allowed to decide for herself what religion she would prefer to adhere to. Yeah, so it said that Judy Bloom. Yeah, so apart. after shooting Ronald with rock salt, Bobby says, "If you're going to shoot, shoot. Don't talk." This is a quote from *The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*, 1966 film by Sam Peckinpah. Uh, I think that's Sergio Leone. God, I was that shot like, in the dark, and I thought I was like. I was like I, that's not in the script, but I'm sure that's wrong. So, uh, well, that was a lot of fun, those facts. There were. They were, they were fun. What can you say about those facts other than they were fun? They were fun. And so was this podcast. Always fun to do the podcast. And thank you to all of the uh, fans I met in Germany over the weekend who told me that they very much enjoyed the podcast. And uh, I, I and thank you. Thank you for listening. That's and great. That goes- why, why did you single out Germany? Did nobody uh, enjoy the podcast in Basingstoke? Uh uh, well, people enjoyed uh, joining in Basing Soak. That was that that was ten days ago, and to me, it feels like a lifetime ago because I've been uh, on a whirlwind trip of Europe. And uh, yes, I met. Let just suffice it to say, I met a lot of people who really enjoy the podcast, and I enjoy hearing that. Uh, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, a lot of people. Rob, really everybody. been touring. Uh, I don't know everywhere. Yeah, uh, the pod. You might say the podcast is on tour with just one of the the hosts. Yeah, because you went to Germany and where else? Basing Stoke. So uh, uh, I was doing that, doing the, the Lord's work uh, while you had a thing and couldn't make it. Um, so yeah, so it was uh, super fun. And thank you, not not just Germany and England, but everyone who's listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. We appreciate you, which is why we've created merch. Go check it out at www.sbnthenandnow.com. All right, well, that's it for us for this episode, but we'll be right back next week with another episode we got a lot of good ones coming up so i hear because i know you've watched more than i have so far so yeah so exciting it's so good so good all right well we'll we'll get to it see you then see you then this episode of supernatural features jared padalecki as sam winchester and jensen ackles as dean winchester and misha collins as castiel guest stars include jim beaver nikki acox charles malik whitfield genevieve cortese Chris Gautier and Audra Ricketts. Are You There, God? It's Me, Dean Winchester was written by Sarah Gamble based on a story by Sarah Gamble and Lou Bolo, directed by Phil Sagrisha. Editing by Anthony Pinker. Music by Christopher Leonards. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. This episode featured the song Lonely Is the Night by Billy Squire. This episode originally aired on September 25th, 2008. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Hayda Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. What's up, Booty? Music provided by Tim Wynn. The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at SPN Then and Now. Become a member of the podcast at patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. Ready, Robbie? I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. Yeah, ready. We're at Bobby's place. Sam and Dean try to reconcile the arrival of Castiel and why... <laughs> why angles? Why angles? <laughs> you know, when those angles come down from heaven... I have obtuse triangles. 
Oh man, 90 degrees, 45 degree. Uh, great, great message just now from producer Steve, where he said that restock was a night shifter written by Ben Edlin, but I think he means Resnick. Either that or we need to restock uh, peaches on aisle seven. A restock was a street name. Uh, right. So first of all, condolences to the family of Kenny Beard. Okay. Um, sure. And then also, there's a there's a cartoon drawing of a character named Kenny in the in Walking Dead. Oh, dude, look at this. Look at that. In I guess the graphic novel, the character oh. named Kenny. Okay. Uh, I don't remember that for the TV show. He looks like Bobby. I know. He looks like Bobby and you. If you and Bobby did it and had a baby, like if you guys yeah. did it and had a hard time getting pregnant, so you just kept doing it a bunch. We did it. He just had doing a lot. It everywhere. We had a hard time the conceiving. corner. We're like, ah, oh, Kenny and. Bobby, or Bobby and Robbie, Bobby and God, whatever you are. Um, Anyway, so, all right, well, shall we dive into this, Robert? Let's do it. Uh, First, I have to say, first, I have to say that you can't allow this guy, Misha, on your show anymore. He's just so boring. Oh, boring. Well, Rob opened this episode by talking about how excited he was was to see him more. Yeah, it was a wonderful podcast. I really, I forget that he wasn't on until season four right yeah so you're kind of like when you guys are going through stuff you're you're kind of like well where's this person where's that and you realize oh yeah they weren't even in right like you know bobby didn't come in for a while yeah all that stuff so yeah it was super super fun yeah and i i totally agree with him on the actor turned director uh thing i as a director myself you see this happen and you see the know-it-all attitude that comes with the uh actor don't get rob started i can't even talk about it (laughs) anyway it was a good podcast well done good thank Thank you you. uh well i have to have him back too because we could have kept talking oh yeah could have just kept um by the way he's in the ukraine or ukraine right now crazy really Really? yeah yeah for like a week and then he's going we'll see him there's some convention there no just got some nice no he just he know he knows a a guy who's doing uh like frontline photography and he i don't know went there to raise an awareness i guess but uh, he's very passion, passionate about. Wow. Yeah. Yes, he is. He does good work. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, outside of his acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We already did your intro, so I'll just I'll go right into it. You already did my intro. I didn't. Dude, know my it was intro. glorious. Rob, Rob was in the zone. It was better. It was really long. Oh, yeah, we got this guy here. here he <laughs> Everybody is. canceled. So now here is. Yeah, yeah. I guess we got Phil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm back. We just are we boring you? I, I didn't yeah, want to say it, but I actually he's unplugged very, my computer, so I had to. He's very active. He's doing he's doing three different podcasts at the same time right now. So <laughs> he's directing his movie exactly right now. while doing an NFL show. Yeah, while doing an NFL. Story Mill Media. 